This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, guys. Welcome back to BT Powerhouse, our podcast. This is podcast number nine. We are going to be breaking down Illinois and Indiana. Um, This is our continuing season preview series where we highlight two teams each time. Um, We're progressing in conference win totals over the last um, five years, going from lowest to highest. We start with Penn State and Rutgers. Um, We're moving on to, um, as I said, Illinois and Indiana this week. We have a few uh, um, exciting guests. Um, Jim, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, well, what's up, guys? This is Jim Venisi. I'm the managing editor over at the Champagne Room. Uh, I'm a sophomore at Illinois right now. Um, yeah, getting ready to talk some Illinois basketball here. So. <laughs> All right. Um, and yeah. uh, Scott, are you on? Why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Yep. So I am uh, a staff writer at uh, BT Powerhouse, obviously. Um, I've been um, around the Indiana program for quite some time now. I graduated about six years ago and have uh, obviously been a huge fan for a long time. And uh, now I'm uh, excited to have the opportunity to cover him with BT Powerhouse this season. Great. Um, Jeremy, are you here? Yeah. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? I know you've been on a couple times. but Absolutely. Um, my name is Jeremy Haynes, and right now I am the recruiting editor over at a Big Ten Powerhouse. Um, I kind of handle uh, a number of programs, but mostly focusing on uh, Michigan State and Nebraska right now. Okay, cool. Well, um, obviously, as I said, we're uh, we're going to go through Illinois and Indiana, but um, I just wanted to get some quick reactions. Um, today was a uh, Ken Palm release day, I guess, <laughs> if you want to <laughs> call it that. Um, the the big highlight, the Big Ten ended up. Um, I don't know if you want to say dominating, but uh, 11 teams in the top 40, which is uh, pretty mind-boggling. Um, I was just wondering what your thoughts are, if you think um, Ken Palm's a little out there and how high he is on the Big Ten. Um, Jim, why don't we start with you? Uh, yeah, I was uh, a bit surprised at Illinois. They were, I think they came in at 38th. Um, I, I think they were rated a little low, but... I found out online that it didn't really take into account into account uh, transfers, so Ahmad Starks and Aaron Cosby aren't really factored into the equation here in the beginning. But um, overall, I think the Big Ten is represented pretty good. Okay, um, Scott, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I mean overall, it, it may be a little overrated. Um, although, you know, it's hard. Not to say that, I guess, when you have 11 teams in the top 40, it's hard not to do uh, not to do worse than that. I mean, that's if it ended the season like that, I mean, that would be incredible for the conference. Uh, but I think you look at some of the players that uh, left. I mean, there's a lot of departures this year um, to, to the NBA specifically, uh, a few transfers as well. Uh, so I think it'll be a little hard to live up to. I think Indiana, I think, came in about 26. 
Um, I'd mm-hmm. say that's it's probably you know a little high for them from what I see, and and quite a bit higher than a lot of experts have have seen so far. Um, but you know, I think there's a chance they could they could get there by the end of the year. Okay, uh, Jeremy, what do you think? Um, I was pretty surprised uh, with the strength of the league overall, um, according to Ken Palm. Um, the Big Ten has been an excellent, excellent conference over the last couple years. Um, but as has been stated, uh, there are some uh, high-level departures um, after last season, particularly um, with uh, programs like Indiana and Michigan State, who have, well, Ohio State as well, who have all managed to uh, be right inside the uh, top 25. So, Okay, yeah, I uh... – I, I I was I have to admit I I'm I'm pretty high on the Big Ten but um I don't know if I was quite that high I mean um like I I did a little bit of, I did an article today basically saying that I think the Big Ten's the best conference which I still believe but um I looked at teams that were kind of placed around 40 last year and we're talking like Nebraska um, Texas Dayton. So you're talking about, you know, Dayton made the Elite Eight. So you're talking about some pretty good teams. And to have 11 in there is just, uh, man, that, w- that would be crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, all right. I guess uh, we can move on from there. But, um, yeah, so let's let's jump into Illinois first here. Um, first, why don't we go around some your general perceptions about this season, kind of expectations going in. Um, Jim, we'll start with you. Yeah, um Illinois basketball is going to be fun to watch this year. It's kind of kind of weird to say. It's been a while, but um, I think the team could what? Oh, go ahead. Hello. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I think this team could definitely make the tournament. Um, I think they could finish the top six or seven in the conference. They have a nice young core returning. They only graduated two players. Uh, Nana Agu's back. Um, Ray Rice is back. Uh, Kendrick Nunn had a knee procedure over the offseason, but he'll be good to go for this season. They're adding two transfers and a mod Starks and Aaron Cosby that will probably step in and start this year. But, yeah, overall I think there's definitely an excitement around the program and fans are definitely looking, to, to, uh, looking forward to the start of the year. Okay. Um, Jeremy, any thoughts on Illinois? Um, yeah, as an Indiana graduate, um, not usually high on Illinois, but I, I really like um, their roster coming into this season. Last year they were pretty strong despite not having um, much shooting from the perimeter. That problem should be re- uh, solved this year, and they also return um, pretty much their entire nucleus. I would be shocked if Illinois didn't make the tournament as long as they're healthy. Okay. Uh, Scott, Illinois thoughts, if you have any. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing, uh, I mean, I'm sick of seeing Ravante Rice, and he's only been there a year, um, <laughs> and I'll be sick of seeing him for another year. I mean, he seems to kill Indiana. Um, but I think the one thing that you know, no one's really talked about so far is the injury to Tracy Abrams. Um, I mean, he tore his ACL, I believe, and I think mm-hmm. yeah. from a from a leadership perspective, uh, that's going to hurt. I mean, obviously he's still around the team and whatnot, uh, but I think that uh, injury is a pretty big setback. Although I still expect Illinois to make the tournament this year. I mean, I think there's too much talent on the team not to. Yeah, I was. Uh, I remember when the season ended, I was kind of you know 
mentally putting teams into kind of categories, you know, top, middle, bottom. And I kept looking at the Illinois team, and I, I was, I mean, I don't know if it's just me because I don't follow them, you know, as closely as some other teams, but I was genuinely surprised at how much they have coming back. I mean, this is a, they're, I don't want to go as far as say loaded, but it's a very talented roster. If the players step up, I mean, this, I, I don't want to say they have enough to run with Wisconsin, but I. I don't think even finishing second would be that shocking to me. I think they have that much on this team. Um, maybe just because the conference, the uh, upper middle is down a little bit, I guess you could say. But, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a good team, and I definitely think they're going to make the NCAA tournament. Um, yeah, so why don't, why don't we go through, uh, break down some of the positions here. Um, Move into the the backcourt first, um, Jim. How do you see the uh, backcourt going for Indiana or uh, not Indiana, Illinois? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I think Illinois' backcourt depth is real good this season. Um, obviously, the injury happened to Tracy Abrams about a month ago, but honestly, I don't. I think we'll be more than okay. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this earlier today, but Stephen Bardo kind of touched on it in an article on uh, btn.com he basically called the injury a uh, blessing in disguise because uh, yeah it's a bit weird but Ahmad Starks uh, is a transfer from, from Oregon State he'll step in and be the starting point guard this season he's he was a nice surprise at the scrimmage the other day he's gonna he brings another dimension to the offense that Abrams couldn't he's got a nice shot um can pass well but yeah yeah i I think he'll do a real good job running the team. Um, I think Jalen Tate has improved. He put on some extra weight. Um, he'll be a serviceable backup at point. Uh, shooting guard, it looks like Aaron Cosby will get the starting nod, at least at the get-go, because of Kendrick Nunn's uh, knee injury this summer. They're still kind of um, kind of uh, wrestling him up and getting him back to 100%. But yeah, it's a one and two, and even the three with uh, Ray Rice and and um, Malcolm Hill can play three. I think Illinois has got some great guard depth. Okay. Um, Jeremy, how do you see it? Uh, I think Illinois has, I would say, probably the second best backcourt in the conference. Um, mm-hmm. I'd I really like uh, their guard compliments. Um, I wouldn't go as far as Stephen Bardo in saying that losing Tracy Abrams was a blessing in yeah. disguise. Uh, but I would agree yeah. that it, it's probably not going to be a big loss. Um, Abrams um, was a tough defender, but offensively um, he really hasn't developed very much in his time at Illinois. Uh, he never became you know, much of a generator of offense, uh, not much of a passer. Um, between Aaron Crosby, Ahmad Starks, and uh, Kendrick Nunn, I expect them to basically have a point guard by committee system that should be able mm-hmm. to take care of Abrams' production in that area. And uh, I don't think there's going to be any slack on the offensive side with Abrams off the court. Actually, I think their offense will improve a lot with Abrams off the court. So um, I think their backcourt is going to be a really, really excellent unit. Um especially with the uh, shooting that they add on the perimeter, you're really going to be sick of uh, Ravante Rice this year, Scott. <laughs> uh, Scott, yeah, what, what do you think of the backcourt? 
Yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, the main focus is, like I've said, is is Rice. I mean, he he is, I think, probably the – I mean, I don't know if he's the one of the best players in the Big Ten, but I think at the end of this year um, it's going to be clear that he's one of the best players in the Big Ten. Um, and I'm sure he's going to score another 30 on Indiana this year. Uh, I mean, it's just – it's going to happen. I think – I mean, I agree with what's been said so far. I mean, I think their backcourt's pretty good. Um, I don't put them above what I view as the best backcourt in Indiana, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but I think they're pretty close. Um, and, and really, that's going to be the engine that makes that team go all year long as well. Yeah, I, I don't know if I quite have them second. I think uh, Michigan and Indiana are going to have some pretty good backcourts. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, having – I think there's a lot of talent here. Um, obviously, Rice, which – I think we'll talk a little bit about in the wings as well, but uh, obviously he's the um, – I think you can make a pretty strong argument he's the best player on this team. And uh, I think I had him, I want to say, second in all Big Ten this year. So uh, I have him pretty high. I think he's a good player, um, the key offensive weapon on the team. Um, it's interesting to hear about the scrimmage details on none. Um, yeah, I like him. I think uh, one of the better three-point shooters um, from what I remember last year. Um, and I, I think the interesting thing about Illinois is they have all these guys who are like Tate where it's like they're interesting prospects. They didn't necessarily have the best first year. But, um, I mean, if some of these guys break out, it could be uh, it could be one talented team. Um, mm-hmm. The loss of Abrams is obviously a hit. But, uh, yeah, Starks is right there to fill in and uh, Tate right behind him. Um, but, yeah, I think this is going to be a good um, backcourt. Definitely deep. Um I think it's going to be one of those, um, like you were saying, by committee, just a lot of rotation. But I don't think it's going to be bad rotation. I think it's just going to be a lot of guys who are demanding minutes. Um, but, yeah, with uh, I know we touched a little bit on Rice, but uh, why don't we talk about um, kind of the wings. Um, moving in, You can include the four spot if you want. Um, I know it's kind of a <laughs> an odd area. But, uh, Jim, why don't we uh, go to you first? Yeah, um, yeah, we mentioned Ray Rice. He's going to be the starting three this year, most likely. Um, behind him, it, I mean, it kind of depends how Gross uh, plays with the lineup. Uh, it looks like Cosby is going to be playing some three this year. Um, Malcolm Hill is going to be starting at the four, but um, he's definitely an undersized four, and he could play the three at some point. Um, yeah, I think... Coach Gross likes to run a three-guard system, four-guard system. So, it, like, the two to four are kind of similar positions. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely Ravante Rice and Malcolm Hill are players you should look out for here. Okay. Um, Jeremy, how do you see it? Sure. Um, I like Illinois' complement of wings, but uh, of all the units on the team, I think the the wings are probably one of the weakest. Um, you do have Ravante Rice heading up that group, who's obviously a fantastic player, um, going to do a really good job getting to the rim uh, this coming season thanks to the um, stronger three-point shooting around him. Uh, but after that, um, it, it's more iffy. Uh, I do expect to see uh, quite a bit of improvement out of Malcolm Hill. Um but outside of those two, I mean, that's kind of the entire complement for the upcoming season. Um, they will have uh, Aaron Crosby, who's, who's pretty small for a wing. Um, 
They'll also get a little bit out of uh, maybe Maverick Morgan, who didn't play a lot last year, also Colbert. So um, not one of their strongest units, but because Gross doesn't play a ton of wings um, and kind of plays um, just heavy complements of guards, uh, it shouldn't be uh, much of a negative for the Illini. Uh, Scott, how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much see it the same way. I mean, it's, I mean, Rice obviously makes position strong, I think. I mean, I consider him, I think, more of a guard, but that's, you know, um, it's kind of nitpicking at that. Um, and it's really, they're in the same situation as Indiana is. I mean, they're they're pretty short overall. So, I mean, Malcolm Hill, I mean, he's, what, six foot six? Um, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. playing four spot. I mean, that's going to be a similar situation you're going to have with Indiana this year, too. And really, I think you're going to have that across a lot of the teams in the Big Ten because there really isn't that many big teams anymore. Um, I mean, there's a couple exceptions to that, but I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of teams playing these six, 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 seven guys at the four spot, um, and I think that's probably going to be the new norm going forward. Uh, so I think it'll be interesting to watch. But uh, Rice definitely is, um, is is what to look out for here. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, obviously, we I talked about Rice a little bit earlier. Um, we've all touched on him. Very talented player. Um, he's going to hold down that three spot. Um, I think if the the interesting thing, uh, I don't think anybody brought him up, but uh, Black, I think he can get into this uh, mix a little bit. Uh, Jim, do you think he can get into this? Um, it sounds like he's just going to be a four this year. Uh, Gross likes to kind of teach the freshmen like one position their first year and then expand mm-hmm. upon that like in the following years. But I think, yeah, so this year he'll definitely be playing at the four, but um, you know, sophomore, junior year, I think we'll definitely see him at the three. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, Rice at the three, obviously, and uh, Malcolm Hill. Um, I'm I'm interested to watch Black. I know uh, that's obviously mm-hmm. Malcolm Hill's spot to lose. But um, I, I, that'd be interesting. I think he has a little bit more size. Um, not a ton more. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he might be more of a natural fit there long term. But, uh yeah, I think I think that'll be an interesting position. Maybe one of the um, thinner spots overall, depending on you know what Black does and uh, mm-hmm. maybe what uh, Cosby does. But um, yeah, all right. Well, we took a look at the wings. Um, why don't we move down to the front court, um, Jim? How do you see uh, things shaking out there? Yeah, so we we just touched on um, Hill and Black. I was really impressed with both of them the other day during the scrimmage. Um, Hill has definitely made the sophomore leap. I think he led all scores with 18 the other day. Um, Yeah, he he played extremely well. Uh, Black, it was our first time seeing him in action. He was all over the glass. I think he'll be Illinois' best rebounder this year. Um, That's definitely going to be something where they struggle with. And um, Yeah, his teammates have had nothing but good things to say about his effort during practice. I mean, yeah, he's going to make an impact right away, I think. Um, I'm a bit concerned about their depth here beyond Black. Um, I think Colbert is going to be more of a four than a five this year. But, I mean, I didn't see too much improvement from him. Um, I think he's going to struggle again once conference play comes around. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, there was some talk that freshman Michael Finke was going to redshirt this year, but um, 
Coach Gross said that he's going to play. He'll see some time at the four as well as the five this year. Um, overall, I'd say the front court it, at the four is a little weak, definitely below average in the Big Ten. Um, at the five, Nana Agu is probably the best defensive player in the Big Ten. He's just fantastic on that end of the court. Um, I think you touched on this um, in one of your articles in the last day or two, but he was kind of showcasing his uh, three-point range the other day. I know some Illinois fans aren't too thrilled with that, but, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, yeah, Jeremy, how do you see it? I think uh, that might have been your article that he was talking about. Uh, yeah, that was uh, me mentioning that. Um, that's something that's been talked about as far as Nana Egwu um, since before he's gotten the champagne. And uh, personally, I haven't seen it, but he is still working on it. Um, he let a few fly uh, during the scrimmage on Sunday and knocked down two of four. So maybe that's finally coming along. We'll see. Uh, outside of Egwu's offense, though, I think he really has a shot to be one of the better bigs um, in the Big Ten this year. That's falling to him a little bit by default, um, but he is an excellent defender. Um, I would kind of, I don't, I wouldn't say he's the best. Um, I think AJ Hammonds is a little bit more active uh, blocking shots and is a little more active rebounding. Um, that's one of Egwu's major weaknesses as yeah. is as a rebounder. Um, but outside of that, um, I think he's poised to have a pretty strong year doesn't have a lot of true bigs to go up against and um, should be a good defensive piece for them. The trouble with them is uh, that they don't have much depth in the front court. Um, LaRon Black is able to rebound right away. He's a very high-energy player, um, but he doesn't really have the the skills to dribble, create his own offense, et cetera. Um, Malcolm Hill would be fantastic. Uh, They'll probably play him a lot at the four. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I also think he'll um, take a big jump. Um, at the scrimmage yesterday, he was showing off um, some mid-range shots. He hit a he hit a couple from three um, and was also putting the ball on the court with a lot more skill than he showed last year. So I would expect um, a really big year out of Illinois' as sophomores. But outside of Hill and uh, Egg Wu, um, their front court is probably going to be a pretty weak unit. Scott, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think the front court uh, pretty much comes down to Egwu, like has been talked about here. I mean, I think for him, he's got to find a way to improve those rebounding numbers. I mean, he averaged six rebounds last year, which for someone that's 6'11", getting the kind of minutes he's going to get, he's got to do better than that. Um, And, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see as well kind of his point production. I mean, yeah, he's really good on the defensive end, which is really what they need him to do. But is he going to be able to up that uh, point production from 6.9 points a game last year uh, to somewhere closer to 10 points? And if he can do that, I think this team is going to be even better than than what a lot of people think. Um, and you know, kind of like Jeremy said, and then they're in a similar situation to a lot of Big Ten teams where, yeah, I mean, they've got one guy, and they don't really have any depth behind that down low. Uh, again, there's probably there maybe one or two exceptions to that across the conference, but it's going to be really interesting to see, I think, uh, when someone like Agu gets in foul trouble, uh, where the team goes from there and then what kind of impact that plays on each game. Um, so it should be interesting. 
Yeah, that's an interesting point you bring up about uh, Igloo and the uh, the points. I, I'm I'm not sure that's as big as a concern for me, the scoring, just because uh, I think Illinois in general is going to be better at scoring the ball. Um, last year, and Jim, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it seemed a lot where it was like, well, hopefully Ravante Rice scores a bunch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. I think it's going to – yeah, I think it's going to be a lot more diverse. And even if you can get the shooting up, I think that's going to help a lot. Um, so I, I'm not sure Egwu has to take a huge step forward. Obviously, any step forward he takes is huge. But um, I think the big concern for me is rebounding. I think Illinois across the board is a relatively small team. And I think, um, you know, maybe Black can help there. Maybe Hill can step up his game there, um, as you guys have indicated. But um, I think Egwu has to really – step up on the boards this year. Um, obviously, we've talked about his uh, defensive abilities and his ability to block the ball, but um, I think I think you're going to need him in some games to just man the boards, and uh, especially when you're facing, you know, um, maybe Purdue or Wisconsin or somebody like that, that's just huge, um, maybe Iowa. But, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting position to watch. Um, but, yeah, why don't, why don't we move into uh, – we talked a little bit about uh, some of the freshmen, but uh, um, Jim, why don't you touch a little bit on the recruiting class, who's in, who's hyped, um, what, what to expect from there. Yeah, so um, the recruiting class uh, consists of two freshmen and, I, well, three, I guess, if you count um, Cameron Liss, who's a walk-on. But, yeah, the, the two main members of the recruiting class are Leron Black and Michael Finke. Uh Leron Black is a top 40 prospect from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, let's see, he originally committed to Baylor and then decommitted during his junior year, I believe. But, yeah, that was um, – if you take out, like, this year's recruits, he's definitely the best get of John Gross's tenure. He'll – I mean, we obviously kind of touched on him. He's going to provide a great spark off the bench. He'll probably be sixth or seventh man, I think – his energy and his rebounding and just his all-around hustle is going to be great for this team. And I think he has a chance of being named to the all-freshman team at the end of the year. And I think he might – he has a shot at Big Ten Freshman of the Year, but with some of the other freshmen in the conference, you know, Blackman at Indiana, Russell at Ohio State, I think that might be a bit hard to achieve. But, yeah, I mean, you never know, so – and then also, um, yeah, um, there's Michael Finke. He's a freshman from Champaign. Uh, he committed early during his junior year. He had a offer from Wisconsin and Iowa, I believe, were the other two big schools going after him. Um, he's, he's um, let's see, I'm looking at the roster right now. <laughs> All right, yeah, he's uh, 6'10", 220. He put on quite a bit of weight over the off season. Um, right now, he has more of a face-up game. Uh, he's got to work on his post moves if he's going to transition to more of a five. Uh, he has a nice shot, though. He hit a few. I think he hit two threes during the scrimmage. I could be wrong, but yeah, he'll he'll get some playing time this year. It'll be interesting to see how he does during conference play. Okay, um, Jeremy, any thoughts on the uh, recruiting class for Illinois? Sure, I have a couple. Um, I am uh, pretty high on LaRon Black over the course of his career. 
Um, early on, though, I am not certain that he has um, skills to be a major contributor for Illinois as a freshman. Uh, and that depends on um, what the line I end up needing in the upcoming season. Uh, if um, there's room for someone to play a role like um, Malcolm Hill played last year, um, where he's bringing a lot of energy to the lineup, uh, going hard after rebounds and getting those hustle points, he could play a role. But I, I really feel like Illinois is pretty talented um, offensively and uh, that he'll most likely come off the bench behind um, Egwu at times, behind Hill at times. Um, and obviously, if uh, I don't think Laurent Black is going to play a ton, um, I don't think the hopes are too high for uh, Finky to get a lot of minutes. Um, I do like him as a player, again, over the course of his career. Um, I think he probably is being groomed to be a, a John Gross center, so uh, you're kind of seeing um, something in the Wisconsin mold. Um for them being a little bit smaller at the five spot, um, a little bit more mobile, um, and also with uh, some shooting touch. So that'll be interesting to see um, Binky's career arc, uh, but I don't think we'll see too much of either of these guys uh, this season just because I think Illinois has pretty good depth. Uh, Scott, do you have any uh, thoughts on the recruiting class? Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with Jeremy. I mean, I... I think LeBron Black will see a decent amount of minutes, uh, but I don't think either of these guys are going to see a ton of minutes um, unless um, an injury occurs, which obviously changes everything. Um, I mean, I think Black, even with a limited amount of minutes, he'll see I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for rebounds um, just given kind of the overall lack of size at Illinois. Um, so I think he'll have the ability to kind of rack those up. Um, as he's, he's got a pretty high motor, I feel, so I think that'll be uh, the one area he'll focus on. I don't think he's going to be needed to score a whole lot, uh, given all the other scores out there on the roster. So, I mean, I think it's a pretty small class. I mean, they already have they have a lot coming back. They don't really need a lot of production from the freshmen. Um, so I don't I don't really feel like you'll see a whole lot from this group this year. Uh, but going forward, I think especially Laurent Black is going to be a fun player to watch in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, those are uh, that's an interesting thought about the minutes. Um, I definitely think. Uh, Part of it, I mean, I talked a little bit about this in the backcourt, but I think it's true here with uh, Hill and Rice on the wing. Um, yeah, I think Black's just going to be limited kind of just by the depth chart. I mean, uh, if Hill and Rice are getting massive minutes, I mean, you can only play so many minutes. But um, I like Black. I think he's going to bring um, a lot of energy. Uh, we, we've all talked about how he can hit the boards. And I think that's going to be something that Illinois really needs this year. So I think I think he's going to play a decent amount because um, I think they're going to need that guy to come off the bench on defensive possessions, being able to um, get them a possession, you know, get the ball. But, um, yeah, yeah, I definitely think he's obviously the touted guy. Um, I think he will be an interesting one. Um, uh, he seems to be more of a, you know, you expect him to contribute more as like a junior, um, maybe sophomore. Um, but yeah, I think Black's the guy to watch. Um, but yeah, it should be uh, interesting additions to a pretty uh, um, deep roster already. But uh, moving on, um, who who do you guys see as the uh, the X factor for Illinois this season? Um, and you can kind of define that however you want. Um, <laughs> uh, Jim, we'll start with you. Who, who's the X factor? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I'm kind of torn on this one. I think it's either going to come down to um, Aaron Cosby or Laram Black. Right now I'm leaning more towards Cosby because with the loss of Abrams, I think we're going to need, well, Illinois is going to need uh, some more, like a, like a go-to defensive presence like from the guards, and I think he has the opportunity to, opportunity to be that. Um but I kind of touched on this with Black, too. I think he's going to bring just great energy off the bench. And I think by year's end, he could be the go-to rebounder on the team, depending on how things go. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. All right. Um, uh, Jeremy, who, who do you see as the X Factor? Well, this is kind of a spoiler for me. I actually have um, an article on Illinois' X Factor coming out tomorrow morning. Um, but that is going to be uh, Kendrick Nunn, in my estimation, um, with Abrams being out and Kendrick being one of the more talented um, scores that Illinois has returning um, outside of uh, Ravante Rice, obviously. Uh, I think he'll have the ball in his hands a lot. I think he's a very capable player. Um, his ability to shoot the ball is um, going to relieve a lot of pressure on the talented drivers um, that Illinois has. And I think his sort of all-around game, um, he's a good defender, gets steals. When he's on, Illinois is going to be really, really good because he impacts the stat sheet in a lot of categories. Okay. Um, Scott, who would you pick as the X Factor? I mean, I think I have to go with Egwu, to be honest. Um, I mean, I think that Illinois is going to have the scoring from various pieces in, in the backcourt. Um, I don't think, um, you know, any one of those guys, I mean, outside of Rice is going to be that special factor. But I really think that Egwu has got to rebound the ball better. Um, he already plays good defense. He's got to obviously stay on the court because there's not going to be a lot behind him. Um and I think he needs to increase his point production by maybe a point or two. It's not a tremendous increase. Um, but if he can do those things, I think this team can be extremely difficult to deal with for everyone else in the conference. Uh, and that really includes Wisconsin. I mean, I think the talent is here. Um, and if Egwu can make huge strides this year, um, I think this team could be really, really good. Uh, you stole my pick. Uh, I, <laughs> I also, I'm also picking Egwu. Um I think uh, Black's an interesting choice, um, and I think uh, Nunn is an interesting choice as well. But um, I, I think Egwu is the key piece, key piece here because, um, like I, I've talked about this, uh, you know, earlier. But uh, I think rebounding is going to be a, an issue for this team. Um, I it's going to be a good defensive team, but um, I wonder who's going to hit the boards. And I think um, you really need to get something out of Egwu. Um, and not to say he hasn't done anything, but I think you need to get a little bit more out of him. But, uh, yeah, Scott already kind of talks about that, so I won't ramble too long. But, uh, <laughs> all right, um, so what do you guys see uh, as the biggest strength of this team this season? Um, Jim, we'll start with you. Um, I think it'll definitely be shooting. I think there's just going to be such a drastic increase in the team shooting, like three-point shooting percentage this year. And, I, that'll just help the offense in general. Um, it's it's already apparent that it's helping Ravante Rice um, during the scrimmage the other day. He was a lot more patient because he knew he could, you know, pass it for a better shot. 
or uh, pass it when he's driving to the hoop. It's definitely going to be a more efficient offense, and with shooters like Nunn, Cosby, Hill, Starks, it's going to be hard to guard. Um, why don't Why don't we do this? I forgot to add this. Why don't we do uh, biggest strength and biggest weakness? So, uh, Jim, okay. feel free to hit weakness. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely front court depth. Um, behind Agu and Hill, there isn't and Black. There really isn't a whole lot. You got Morgan, who will be the serviceable serviceable backup, and then Colbert and Finky will probably struggle this year. So. If Illinois gets into foul trouble, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how Gross reacts and how he maneuvers the lineup. So. Okay. Um, Jeremy, uh, biggest strength, biggest weakness? I think Illinois' biggest strength is uh, their ball handling. Um, with the multiple guard lineups that Gross likes to play and the smaller wings um, that he'll probably have on the floor, I imagine in almost every uh, instance, Illinois is going to have four players that can put the ball on the ground, drive to the hoop, or you know maneuver around to find their own shot. Um, their shooting is going to be kind of a part of that, uh, but I, I think that ability to um, really move the ball efficiently uh, without turning it over is going to be huge for them. Um, on the flip side, uh, I would say their biggest weakness has to be rebounding. Um, they just don't figure to be a strong rebounding club. Ravante Rice was their best rebounder last year, which, I mean, shame on all the returning players uh, that are an inch bigger. You know, Egwu Ag- should be hiding his face right now. But um, that is going to be the one the one area that might really come back to haunt Illinois. Um, I think they'll be a little bit smaller in this upcoming season than they were last year. So that will be kind of the thing to watch. Um with them. Uh, Scott, how do you see it? Yeah, I don't have too much more to add. I mean, I think their strengths um, are clearly the shooting scoring ability. Um, I mean, I think this team will definitely be in the upper echelon when it comes to scoring overall in the Big Ten. Um, I mean, Ravante Rice has got a lot of guys around him now, so he's not always going to be the main focus of the defense, which should help free him up a little more. Um, And then weakness, I mean, it's clearly their size. Uh, but, again, like I've said a couple times now, I think that's a weakness across the Big Ten. So maybe when you start thinking about it, maybe it's not really a weakness. Um, but, I mean, they, they've clearly got to rebound the ball better better um, than they did last year. Um, and if they can do that, again, I mean, I think they'll, they'll be a pretty good basketball team. All right. Yeah. I um, I, I think the biggest strength, again, um, I, I like this team defensively. I know there's some guys moving in and out. I know Abrams is gone, but I still think this is going to be a good defensive team, and I think John Gross is a very good defensive coach. So I think um, I think Illinois is going to be back there again. Um, in terms of biggest weakness, um, yeah, I mean, I hate to ramble again. I think rebounding is going to be a concern. <laughs> um <laughs> and I know that I know that takes some of the you know flair out of my defensive comment, but uh, I think I think they're going to be a good defense, but um, I don't necessarily think it's going to be because they dominate the boards. Um, I just I think someone's got to they really just need someone to step up. Um, maybe it's Agu just moving to that next level um, as a rebounder. Maybe it's you know Hill or Black or somebody you know somebody else, but. Uh, 
I think it's definitely um, they need someone to step up there. Um, all right, and let's move into the uh, the most fun category, I guess. Here, um, predictions. Where do you see this team um, in the Big Ten? Where postseason, not postseason? Um, what are you thinking, uh, Jim? We'll start with you. Yeah, I think I see them as fifth in the Big Ten at the end of the year. I think. Let's see. There's Wisconsin above them, Michigan, uh, Michigan State, Ohio State, and then I think Illinois will be at that five spot. As far as postseason goes, we touched on it at the beginning. I think this is definitely a tournament team if everyone stays healthy. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun year. <laughs> um, Jeremy, where do you see them? Uh, again, I really like um, the combination of scoring um, inside and out for Illinois. Um, besides that rebounding piece, I think they'll be very strong. Uh, I could see them finishing um, anywhere between third and fifth, but I do think they're going to be um, an upper echelon Big Ten team this year. I'd probably definitely slot them behind um, at least Wisconsin, possibly Michigan as well. Um and that that second team could end up being Ohio State. They have a pretty complete roster too, um, but I do see Illinois um, easily making the tournament. Pretty much not sweating it at all um, towards uh, the end of February. So I think they'll be solidly in the NCAA's. All right, uh, uh, Scott, where do you see them? Yeah, I mean, I think the only team I'm really willing to slot anywhere in the Big Ten is Wisconsin at number one. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think. Outside of that, I think it's a complete crapshoot. Anybody could finish anywhere, uh, maybe with the exception of Rutgers at the bottom. But um, I'm, I think said that about Nebraska last year. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah, very that's true. true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I mean, they should be fourth, fifth, sixth, somewhere in there. I think in the Big Ten uh, overall, um, I think that puts them solidly into into the NCAA tournament um, as a pretty decent seed too. I think so. I think there'll be a team that has a team or has a chance to make a run uh, come March and April. Yeah, I I really again I really like Illinois. Um, I have them in my preseason predictions as five um, in the Big Ten. I have them behind uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State, Nebraska. Um, I think this is a uh, the the thing that's that's nice about Illinois is they have the talent, but um, the experience it's not you know just in a couple players. A lot of the guys who you're expecting to step up aren't freshmen. They're sophomores, which is a a nice little tidbit, um, especially if you're looking for a team to break out. But um, I like this team. I definitely think it's an NCAA team. Um, How deep they can go, um, obviously, you know, March Madness. (laughs) Nobody knows. But, um, yeah, I I, I mean, I definitely think they're going to be in the mix. I think they're going to have – I don't even remember what Nebraska was seeded as last year, and they were like fourth in the in the conference. But um, yeah, um, I think they're going to make the NCAA tournament. I think they're going to make some noise, and I think uh, people are going to definitely view them as one of the better teams um, in the country. But um, yeah, and, and one one last thing. Um, any final thoughts on Illinois as we move on? Anything we missed? Um, Jim, we'll start with you. <laughs> um. I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered everything. Um, just trying to brainstorm something here. Uh, 
I mean, I was I was pretty impressed with the scrimmage the other day. It's kind of hard to like gauge the team when they're playing each other. They've been practicing against like mm-hmm. they've been practicing against each other. I mean, for months now. But yeah, I was real impressed with Malcolm Hill, um, Laron Black, Agu. Rice had a good game. Starks is going to be fun to watch this year. Um, yeah, I'm going to be at practice again on Friday, so I'll probably have a few more observations on TCR Saturday or Sunday, maybe. Okay. Um, Jeremy, any final thoughts on Illinois? Yeah. Um, the one one last thing I'd say about Illinois is probably um, my bold pick for them, and I see Kendrick Nunn making the all-defensive team this year. I really like how he gets after it. Um, he is out with an injury uh, right now. Um, it was a surgery he had, I think, a month ago, so he should be fine. Uh, but as, as long as that doesn't flare up again, um, I think he's going to be one mm-hmm. of the um, defenders at the guard position this year. Okay. Um, Scott, any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I can't really come up with too much. I mean, I think we've pretty much covered any everything. I mean, Again, I think it, it comes down to the team success is going to come down to how Egwu plays. Um, I, mean, I think just the size um, issues there, I mean, he has to play well for this team to, to be a decent team. Um, so I think that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, all right, well, that'll that'll wrap up our first half of the preview here with uh, Illinois. Um, we're going to move on to Indiana. Uh, Jim, feel free to stick around if you want to chat Indiana. Otherwise, um Thank you for uh, checking us out and joining us, um, having a lot of valuable comments. Um, <laughs> but uh, all right, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna. Thanks for having me. I, yeah, I don't really know a whole lot about Indiana. I know they have, they have right. a real good back. Yeah, real good backcourt. Uh, James Blackman is going to be awesome. Yogi Ferrell is going to be good again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, beyond that, I uh, don't know a whole lot. What what uh. But I'm, I am wondering, who has the true assembly hall? Um. <laughs> well, we have the state farm center now. <laughs> yeah, they have the state farm center, yeah. <laughs> I, had to throw, I had to throw that in. But, uh, yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Jim, for uh, helping yeah. out. Um, and yeah. you, can only, you can check out Jim on Twitter, and uh, he is in charge of the Champagne Room, which is our Illinois SB Nation site. So check him out. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Well, um, we'll move on to Indiana here, which I'm sure uh, Jeremy and Scott are anxious to get talking about. Um, (laughs) We'll just jump right into it. Um, What what are your general expectations, thoughts coming into this year? Um, Jeremy, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, This is going to be a really interesting season for Indiana. Um, They're going to have a very unconventional roster in that they'll be pretty small. But I think that this is the sort of team um, that Tom Crean uh, likes to coach. Um, He's always been a guard-heavy guy, and this year um, they have a really fantastic uh, backcourt. The Big Ten as a whole is a little bit small in the front court, so uh, their lack of size there may not hurt them as badly, but they're going to be even smaller than Illinois. Uh, they don't have one player as big as Nana Egwu, so that'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. All right, uh, Scott, um, general thoughts. 
Yeah, I mean, like Jeremy said, this is going to be an incredibly interesting season to watch. Uh, I mean, Indiana is extremely small. Um, I know we touched on that a little bit with Illinois, but like Jeremy said, I mean, Indiana is even smaller than Illinois. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see, I think, how Coach Kareen um, kind of develops his lineups that he puts on the court. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of four-guard lineups at times, and I think there's going to be times where you're going to see Troy, Troy Williams playing the center position, uh, which is a little scary, I think, from a defensive standpoint. But um, I think from an offensive standpoint, that creates certain advantages, and we'll just have to see, I guess, how that plays out. Uh, but obviously, I mean, the pressure's building on, on Crean and Bloomington. He's got to have a good year, and I really think he's going to have a good year. Uh, I mean, like Jeremy said, I think this is a team that kind of aligns to what he wants to play the game with. He wants to run up and down the court. Uh, he's never really done a tremendous job of using his bigs. Um, I mean, there was a lot of criticism last year with Noah Vonley um, kind of around that topic. So, I mean, this year he really doesn't have a big. Um, so... Uh, you're going to see a lot of three-point shots in Assembly Hall. Um, you're going to see a lot of scoring, and you're going to see a lot of fast-paced play. Uh, it should be interesting to watch. Yeah, I think this is a uh, a key year. I mean, there's a lot of debate. I know we've had a couple articles asking whether it is or not, whether Crane's on the hot seat or not. Um, Indiana doesn't seem to think so, but, we'll, I mean, we'll see. But I definitely agree. I think he needs to have a big year. Um, really, I mean – at least get to the NIT. I mean, that was kind of a uh, that was rough not making it last year, but um, a lot of talent in the backcourt. Um, I definitely think um, if Indiana doesn't have the best backcourt, they're right there um, with Michigan. Um, Frontcourt is definitely scary, but um, there there are at least some guys there, so maybe somebody uh, can turn the corner. Um, but yeah, it should be a interesting year. And I, 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 I like this team. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be a lot better than a lot of people think. But um yeah, it should be an interesting year. Um with that, why don't we dive into the uh to the backcourt, um the loaded positional group. Um many people already cabinet as the best in the Big Ten. Um first do you guys agree with that? And second, um what do you how do you see the backcourt shaking out? Um Jeremy, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, personally, I do think that Indiana has the uh, best backcourt in the league, and I think that all starts with um, Yogi Ferrell. He's a really fantastic player, um, short space quickness, very maneuverable um, around bodies in the uh, front court, and uh, has some ability to get to the rim. Um, last year, even with uh, Indiana's pretty putrid three-point shooting, he was able to maintain a percentage over – 40%, which I thought was extremely impressive as uh, Indiana's leading scorer and the only marked man on the perimeter. Um, it's pretty interesting how strong and how bullish a lot of people are on um, Indiana's backcourt as it is a pretty young group. Um, James Blackman, Jr., probable starter, is a incoming freshman. Uh, Robert Johnson is going to get a good chunk of minutes, also a freshman. Um, Stanford Robinson uh, has had some very good games last year, um, but is a pretty young sophomore. Um, it'll, it'll be a very interesting group, but I do think they have a really good mix of uh, talent, driving, shooting, passing the ball. Um, similar to Illinois, the uh, the backcourt is really going to drive um, Indiana's success or failure this year. Um, Scott, how do you see it? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any question it's it's the best backcourt in the Big Ten. And if it turns out that it's not, I think Indiana's in a lot of trouble this year. Um, I mean, clearly he's got Yogi Ferrell. He's I mean, the captain of the team. He's the guy that has to lead the team. He's got to drive the team. I think the one thing that's going to be interesting to watch with him this year is what kind of happens with his points-per-game average. He averaged about 17 points a game last year. Um, I am of the opinion that actually needs to decrease. He needs to become less of a scorer and more of a distributor to make this team um, work a little better. Uh, and he's certainly going to have the opportunity to do that this year with the shooters he's going to have around him that he just didn't have last year. Um, I mean, James Blackman Jr. is going to be an absolute stud. Um, I'd be shocked if he doesn't win freshman of the year. Um, and watching him in the kind of the Hoosier stereo scrim- uh, scrimmage this weekend, I um, mean, he was fantastic. I um, mean, Yogi Ferrell did do a pretty good job of shutting him down for – you know, a five- to eight-minute stretch. But outside of that, I mean, Blackman was unstoppable. Um, hitting threes on the run, hitting threes uh, off the catch, driving down the lane, hitting floaters. So, I mean, he's going to be hard to stop. I think he'll probably be the person that ends up uh, leading the team in scoring uh, when all said and done. Um, and you've also got Stan Robinson, who, I mean, you could kind of argue he's a wing. It's one of those that kind of goes back and forth between a guard and a wing. Um, I think he needs to be the team's best defender um, in the backcourt. Um, and Yogi's already pretty good, so that's going to be a tall order. Um, and he's also a tremendous slasher to the basket, which is going to be pretty key with no really big man on the roster um, to you know, get the defense kind of focused on that and off the shooters. Um, you've also got a couple other guys in the backcourt that can really shoot the ball, and Robert Johnson and uh, Nick Zizloft. Um, he's a Zizloft's a transfer from Illinois State. Um, I think he averaged about six points a game last year, um, but he can really shoot it, I think, in the – Canadian trip they had earlier this year uh, where they played five games. He averaged something like 55% from three, which is just an absurd number. Um, So he's more of a catch-and-shoot type guy, uh, so he's going to have to have uh, shots really created for him. But uh, I think there's slashers on this team that are going to be able to do that, um, and he's going to hit some shots and some key moments this year. All right. Yeah, I think – I, I agree. I think this is a very talented backcourt. Um, I personally will lean Michigan as the best backcourt, but uh, obviously I'm a little biased. But <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I think I think Yogi Ferrell is an absolute uh, beast. Um, I thought he should have been All Big Ten last year. Um, elite. I, I don't know if you could say elite, but very very good shooter. Um, he can pass the ball. He can defend. Um, just an all around player. Um, and I he's. He's going to be an all-Big Ten player this year. I'll be shocked if he's not. Um, James Blackman, he's my pick for uh, all-Big Ten freshman of the year. Um, elite shooter, definitely that's true. Um, I think uh, he's going to make a lot of noise. And um, I, I think Blackman is actually going to help Farrell a lot um, to have a guy he can just pass the ball to to shoot. I think that's going to be a big thing not to have, you know, to have people who can actually hit um, on his passes, I think it's going to be huge. Um, you guys mentioned um, Sanford Robinson, uh, Robert Johnson. That'll be uh, definitely some more shooting, um, definitely some more weapons. Um, it's going to be deep. Um, you, you kind of wonder how the minutes are going to um, play out. But, uh, yeah, definitely um, right there uh, with the best backcourts in the Big Ten. Um, we can move on to the uh, the wings. Um how do you guys uh, see that shaking out? Um, Jeremy, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, I think uh, Indiana's top sophomore is going to come out of this group, and uh, who I believe is Troy Williams. Um, Troy had a really fantastic um, 
outing when uh, the Hoosiers were up in Canada playing some of those teams. Um, showed off some great explosiveness, um, more ability to put the ball on the court and drive to the hoop. Uh, and all the shooters that have uh, now joined the backcourt are really going to be a big help there. Um, I think Scott brought up an interesting point in um, saying that Stanford Robinson is more of a wing um, because I think um, now that I've had a second to think about it, that that's probably uh, more where he'll play. Um, he doesn't have quite the uh, shooting ability of the other members of the backcourt, um, Yogi Ferrell, uh, Blackman Jr., and uh, Robert Johnson, and he's going to be one of the larger players on the team at about 6'5". Um, so that's going to have him uh, at the three, but that's a good position for him. Um, because his biggest skill last year was uh, driving the ball. Um, He didn't show tremendous ability to finish, um, but he did get to the free throw line a ton, which I think is going to be really, really big for Indiana. Uh, Scott, how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, the wings for Indiana, um, really it comes down to their slashing ability. I mean, it's Troy Williams and Stan Robinson, both of which – um, aren't tremendous shooters of the ball yet. Um, I think that there's a point in time in the future they may become good shooters. Uh, but right now it's more about their slashing ability, um, not turning the ball over, which is a big issue last year, um, and ability to get to the foul line as a slasher. Um, Stanford Robinson has actually switched shooting hands. He was a lefty last year, and he's actually switched to being a right-handed shooter on the advice of uh, Will Sheehy this year which I'm not sure I can remember a player that's done that in recent memory, kind of at this stage of his career. Um, but, I mean, in the scrimmage on Saturday, he looked pretty good. I mean, he, he was able to hit some shots, and he stepped up to the line and hit two free throws. So uh, that might be a successful uh, transition, and it would be, that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, but Troy Williams is really the guy here. I mean, he kind of last year, is, he, his body seemed to be moving a little faster than his mind was moving. Um, he just he kept turning the ball over. It was a big issue, and I think that that is the big area where he needs to focus on this year. Um, yeah, he needs to maybe improve his shot a little bit, but keeping control of the ball and not turning it over is going to be huge for this team. Um, and, yes, they're going to be fast-paced, so there's going to be turnovers that occur, uh, but they need to be reasonable turnovers, and there's, there's definitely a, a difference there. So uh, I think it's all about Troy Williams and, and how he improves this year there. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting point you bring up about the fact that um, this air, the wing may not need to shoot as well just because the backcourt um, is filled with so many great shooters. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Troy Williams is definitely going to be the guy that kind of determines how the wing performs. Um, I was kind of mixed on him, um, which I, th- I think you guys kind of would agree, but um, I think he definitely he, he's got a lot of athleticism. He can um, do a lot of things for you. Um, I am I am a little concerned about him offensively. Um, the turnovers, um, not exactly the the greatest shooter ever, but um, I mean he certainly has potential. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, coming into his uh, what, sophomore year, um, this should be uh, definitely um, a challenge, and he uh, he's he's going to be the guy on that wing to see uh, how if Indiana can take the next step there. I guess <laughs> um, Stanford Robinson uh, kind of talked a little bit about him. Um, in the backcourt, but um, uh, I'm curious to uh, hear you guys' thoughts on whether uh, Max uh, Hotso could fill, fit in here. Um, apparently, the uh, team's best three-point shooter. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jeremy, what do you what do you think? Can he uh, can he get some time here? Or? Uh, time this year? 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll he'll probably play. Um, just given uh, Kareem's um, predilection for rotations, I'm sure he'll get some time. Um, but I don't see him getting a lot of minutes. Uh, he can add um, some offensive scoring, but um, he's not a two-way player in the same way that Robert Johnson is, who can also hit the three. Um, Yogi Ferrell can also hit the three. Um, James Blackman Jr. is still working on improving his defense, but obviously he's not he's an entire different caliber of offensive weapon when compared to uh, Max Holtzel. Um I do think Max will have a nice career, and he may end up being the third, uh, we'll call it a big, um, off the bench uh, if, um, let's see, Hanner and Devin Davis are both in foul trouble. Um I don't. I don't see him getting uh, ten minutes a game, even over the length of the season. Scott, do you think he can get any time? Yeah, I mean the one interesting thing with him is, I mean he is six foot eight, which when you look at the rest of the roster, uh, there's not many players that are taller than six foot eight. So, I think he has the opportunity to get some playing time uh, down low, even. But I think the issue, and, and kind of Jeremy brought this up a little bit, is the defensive end. I mean, can he defend Big Ten caliber big men? Um, and if he can't do that, I'm not sure, I guess, what type of advantage he really brings. I mean, yes, he's going to be able to hit the trailing three like Christian Watford used to be able to do. I mean, he can clearly hit that shot. So if he can show any ability to play defense uh, down low, I think he has the opportunity to get a lot of minutes just based on his shooting ability that he's clearly shown so far. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think he's going to get a whole lot of minutes. I just, I don't think he's going to be able to bring that, uh, defensive ability this year. I think at some point in the future, he probably will be able to do that. Uh, but I'd be pretty surprised if that came this year. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, interesting. Um, cause I know we got a lot of excitement last weekend with the whole three point shooting contest, but, uh, yeah, I just wondered if there was any, uh, real, hype behind that but um yeah why don't we move into the front court here um pretty easily this is a big question mark for indiana um first off uh who who do you see uh panning out here um can it be uh, a decent position for the hoosiers um jeremy we'll start with you sure and um i think there is a slight chance that the uh front court isn't as bad as um Everyone thinks it'll be, uh, but I, I don't think there's any chance for this group to be great. Um, Hannah Mascara Perea is a tremendous athlete. Um, at one point, uh, he was a um, top 10 recruit. He graduated as a uh, top 50 recruit. Um, he's got an excellent physique, and uh, he's got great energy when he's on the floor. But um, one of his uh, big struggles is that he draws um, a ton of files. Uh, fouls, excuse me. Um, last year it was uh, 6.1 fouls per 40 minutes, which needs to go way down this year because Indiana really needs him on the court. Um, his ability to defend, uh, rebound, and get junk baskets is pretty much all Indiana will need. Uh, so the big key for him will just be staying on the floor. Um, Devin Davis will be uh, behind him. Uh, which is kind of a scary thought, a six seven five man. Um, but Devin Davis is a really wide wing, um, has always been a great rebounder, even going back to his time at my alma mater, uh, Warren Central High School. Um, <laughs> I wanted to throw that out there. Uh, 
he can play um, with big men. He even has spent some time defending fours and fives last year. Um, so he's capable of playing up, but it's it's not ideal. Uh, so if Hanner can um, stay out, provide um, rebounding, defense, and uh, a couple garbage points, maybe, you know, six, seven a game, um, then the front court will be good enough for Indiana to win. I don't think it'll be good in any case, but it can it can be good enough to win. Paul, uh, Scott, what do you think? Yeah, I mean it really all comes down to Hunter Perea here. I mean he's he's the one. I mean he's six foot nine. Uh, I mean outside of Jeremiah April, who I don't think is going to see really any time this year, he is the tallest player on the team. Um, he's clearly a, a a high level athlete. I mean that's what he was recruited of as of. Um, He's just he's had a lot of issues in the past with catching the basketball, which is obviously pretty key. That seemed to diminish a little bit towards the end of last year, and in the scrimmage on Saturday, he looked fantastic uh, on the catch. So he'll be interesting to watch. I mean, I don't think he needs to score a whole lot. Um, I mean, if he could average six, seven points a game, I think that'd be tremendous. Um, and I don't think he'll need to average much more than that, just given the strength of the scoring ability in the backcourt. Uh, but he's got to play defense. He's got to stay on the court, as Jeremy said. I mean, he averaged a foul every six minutes last year. You're not going to be able to stay on the court uh, doing that. And if that happens again this year, they're really going to be hurting with someone, you know, six six, six seven, playing the center position. Um, so he's clearly the key there. I mean, as Jeremy stated, Devin Davis is the backup. He's a high-energy player that is a pretty good rebounder. He's not much of a scorer himself. Uh, and, again, I don't think he needs to be. Um You've also got uh, kind of another newcomer there, Emmett Holt, um, who was the very late addition to the team in August, actually. Um, and he's about six foot seven as well. And he looked pretty good in the scrimmage on Saturday. I mean, he blocked a couple shots, uh, grabbed a couple boards, um, and really seemed like a pretty polished player. I think it'll be interesting to see how he kind of uh, meshes with the team going forward, not having as much time as everybody else. He didn't get to play in Canada, obviously. Um, so we'll see, you know, as he learns more of the playbook and, understands the schemes that Crean wants to run, whether he uh, takes some of those minutes as well. Yeah, that's uh, interesting stuff. I know um, I, I definitely agree. I think Hanner is basically Indiana's hope up here. Um, hopefully he can be uh, solid. Um, I, I didn't realize he fouled that much, but, man, that's uh, that's kind of mind-boggling. Um, but, uh, yeah, he obviously needs to stay on the court. Um a lot of size issues if he if he has to sit on the bench, um, which leads me to a, a question. I'm curious. Um, do you think uh, Crean is going to employ any different defensive sets to potentially, uh, you know, if uh, Hanner does have to go to the bench um, to kind of alleviate some of those size concerns? I know um, he played some kind of unique uh, um, defensive schemes against Michigan. I remember last year. Um, but do you think he would be willing to move to something else? Um, to potentially address that. Um, Jeremy, I'll start with you. Sure. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Kareem do that. He's always been someone that's used mixed defenses in the past, um, you know, mostly man-to-man, but will mix in some zone. Um, I think the defense you're referring to uh, in the Michigan game was mostly a 1-3-1. One, one. At times he even went to a, a box-and-one against um, Nick Stauskas, which is – pretty unique for the uh, collegiate level. Um, it's very rare to see that defense trotted out at this level. 
so I, I wouldn't throw or I wouldn't put anything past Tom Crean as far as um, mixing up the different defenses. Uh, one of the things about him um, as a coach is he is willing to try literally anything in the game. Um, you know, he, he has put out some crazy lineups, as everyone has seen. Um, so I, I wouldn't be at all shocked to see him uh, run another 1-3-1, one, one, another 2-3 zone. Um, hopefully we won't see that boxing one again. It did work that one time, but that's, that's a scary defense to run in college. Uh, Scott, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think Crean's already said himself that uh, there's going to be a lot of unconventional things we're going to see this year that we may have not seen before. So I think there's definitely some things he's probably planning there. Um, you know, I think one thing he typically does, you know, probably two or three times a season is, you know, put a four-man or even a, in this case, since the team's so short, maybe a three-man like Troy Williams um, on the, other, the opposing team's point guard. Um, and try to create issues with Lank there with the point guard not being able to move the ball as well. I mean, I think the issue with that is, especially with this team, I mean, Williams is one of the tallest players, so if you're going to put him out on the point guard, you're really risking, if he does uh, get away from Williams, um, some really uh, large mismatches on the rest of the court if that that happens. But, you know, I think there will clearly be some unconventional things that will happen. Again, I'm with Jeremy. I hope we don't see the boxing one too much. That's a scary thing. Um, it w- but I wouldn't put it past Kareen. I mean, I think he, and he knows he has to do some things that are unconventional uh, to be successful this year. And you may see some mismatches on the defensive end that are creating opposing mismatches on the offensive end. And it, it, we'll just gonna have to see how those things level out throughout the course of the year. All right. Yeah. Um, it should be a uh, interesting lineup. Um, as you mentioned, could be unconventional. Um, moving more towards the recruiting end of things, um, maybe if you want to just talk a little bit about the incoming recruiting class, um, obviously Blackman is the, uh, the highlighted guy, but maybe some of the, uh, um, other guys who, uh, who your fans might see this year. Um, Jeremy, we'll start with you. Sure. And, uh, Indiana brought in, um, three true freshmen this season, one more um, new addition in Nick Zizloff, who is going to be a uh, redshirt junior um, this season. Um, I really see about half of uh, Indiana's recruiting class um, playing major minutes. That's obviously going to be your McDonald's All-American, James Blackman Jr. Um, Robert Johnson um, also figures to uh, play into that role. Um, Both of those guys, tremendous shooters good ball handling, um, can ease some of the pressure off of uh, Yogi Ferrell, uh, again, on the perimeter, but also in terms of leading the offense. So I think that'll be big for the Hoosiers. Um, Scott brought up uh, Emmett Holt, who I think will play. Um, I think he'll probably end up slotted behind Devin Davis, so kind of that third big. Um, But he did look good in the scrimmage. He actually looked a lot better um, than I anticipated. Um, I think uh, Davis is a little bit more of an energetic player, um, so he'll probably get most of those minutes. Um, Holtzel and Priller, and uh, well, April as well, um, I think are more long-term prospects. So I don't expect to see them um, quite a bit, but uh, on a team with uh, no seniors, um, you're definitely going to see a lot of freshmen eating up a lot of minutes on the court. Uh, Scott, what, what do you think of this incoming recruiting class, and uh, who, who might see the floor? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely there's 
a split kind of like Jeremy was talking about, kind of somewhere in the middle. Uh, I mean, James Blackman Jr. obviously is going to see a ton of minutes this year. He's going to score a lot of points and do a lot of things. Um, kind of the next level down is Robert Johnson, who many believe is kind of the only person he's the only person ahead of him in that class as far as shooting ability is James Blackman Jr. I mean, a lot of people see him as the second best shooter in the entire country in that class. So mm. he's going to get a lot of time. Um, I think Emmett Holt probably is the third on the list as far as time's concerned. Although I do think Max Hotzel will have a chance if he can prove something on the defensive end to play a decent amount of minutes as well. Um, Priller in April, I really don't expect to see a whole lot. I mean, I'm sure that we'll see Priller some, uh, just because Crean does like to play the majority of the team at times during the season. April, I'm going to be really surprised if we see him on the court this year. I mean, he, he was not in a boot for Hoosier Hysteria, which is the first time that he's been seen without a boot, um, since he arrived on campus. So, I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot leaked there as far as, as far as how serious of an injury that is, but, uh, I'd be a little surprised if we see him at all this year. Um, and then obviously you have Nick Zeisloft. He's not really a freshman. He's an incoming transfer. Uh, he'll be a redshirt junior. Um, and I think he will see a lot of minutes. Um, and actually after the Canada trip, I thought that he might uh, get a starting spot, which I think is still possible um, kind of with that Stanford Robinson uh, position there at the number three spot. Um, I think those two are going to battle back and forth for who starts there. I mean, I think Zeisloft brings a lot of uh, leadership ability, um, high basketball IQ, and obviously his shooting ability. Uh, I think the question there, again, will be what type of defense does he bring to the team, um, and that will really drive whether he starts or plays more of a reserve role. All right, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I've i already talked a little bit about Blackman. Um, both of you guys have, but I definitely think he's the uh, key piece in this recruiting class. Um, going to just be an offensive force um, this season. But uh, moving into more uh, general team categories here um who do you guys see as the x factor um for this season um jeremy we'll start with you yeah uh for indiana it's it's pretty easy it's going to be um hannah mascara perea it's you know he has to stay on the floor um for indiana to have a chance to really compete in the um upper half of the of the conference well i mean i do see indiana in the top seven um pretty squarely but if they want to uh get into that top quarter and um, be competing with the likes of uh, Illinois, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, um, then they need Hanner um, to at least uh, protect the rim a little bit, um, rebound the ball, and most especially stay on the floor. Um, if Hanner picks up a bunch of cheapies and you've got, you know, Devin Davis and Emmett Holt splitting time for most of a game, you're probably not going to like what you see if you're an Indiana fan. Um, so I would say that uh, Hanner is who uh, is the team's really hinging on besides those scores. Uh, Scott, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Hanner's key, but I, I really think the X factor for Indiana is Troy Williams. Um, he is going to be the guy that kind of creates for everyone else, um, with the exception, really, of Yogi Ferrell, who also create for everyone else. But Troy is going to be the guy that's slashing to the basket at all times. He's going to be the one that's going to be – he's going to kick it out to a shooter. He's going to finish it at the hoop. Um, he's the one that's got to improve his defense, uh, and he's likely going to be playing a lot of players that are larger than him this year. He's going to have to use that athletic ability to step up and make stops there. 
Um, and when it comes to that as well, he's got to stay on the court because if he's playing a lot of these bigger guys on defense, he's got to stay out of foul trouble as well. Um, I mean, I think if Troy Williams leaves the court, I just think there's the defense is going to be able to key in on those shooters, and they're not going to be as open as they would be otherwise. Um, so I think that he really needs to have a big year um, for Indiana to be successful. Uh, but obviously, Hunter is, is pretty key as well, so that's hard to argue. Yeah, I um, I think those are both interesting picks. Um, I'd have to go with Hunter myself. I think um, you just you, he has to stay on the court, uh, as Jeremy has mentioned a couple times here. Um, but I think um, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a thinner um, front court than, especially at the center position, than Indiana in the Big Ten this year. And I think. Um, if he can stay on there, I think, uh, you know, your backcourt and your wing positions are pretty strong. He can compete with almost anybody um, in the Big Ten. But, uh, yeah, he's got to stay out there um, to really compete. But, um, yeah, moving moving more towards the uh, the general perspective, I guess, um, what do you guys see as the, the biggest weakness or biggest, biggest strength and biggest weakness um, for Indiana this year? Uh, Jeremy, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, I think the biggest strength has to be um, the three-point shooting that this team is going to have, um, not only just, you know, the incredible contrast between um, their shooting performance last year and uh, what it should be this coming season, um, but, again, uh, this is basically the sort of offensive system that Tom Crean likes to put together. Um, his Indiana teams have always been um, very high on the uh, percentage of three-point shots they took, and um, this season is going to be no different. Um, the big difference between this year and last year is because uh, is that they'll have guys that can actually hit those three-pointers. Um, they have some uh, guys on the inside, some slashers that can suck in the defense. Um, so they should be a much more balanced offensive unit. Uh, the struggle for Indiana is going to be, you know, again, right there in the post with Hannah Mascara Perea. They have very little depth there. Um, they have even less size there, and they just need to have um, those basic components of uh, post play in terms of the defense and rebounding. But it's it's really iffy um, in terms of whether they'll have that game in, game out. In fact, it's almost certain that they won't. You know. uh, Scott, what do you what do you see as the biggest strength, biggest weakness? Yeah, I mean, the biggest strength, I think, is obviously the shooting ability. I mean, that was really shown off at Hoosier Hysteria on Saturday. I mean, I think the team hit 11 threes, and they only played 20 minutes. So, I mean, you extrapolate that, that's equivalent to hitting 22 threes in a game, which is just incredible. Um, I mean, obviously, there's not a whole lot of defense played in those uh, scrimmages, but uh, still, 22 is a pretty solid number against defense or no defense. So, they got, they're going to have a lot of guys that uh, are going to be able to hit shots. Um, the backcourt's incredibly strong. Um, as far as weakness goes, I mean, it's it's clearly their length. I mean, if Hunter Mascara Prey comes off the court, they're going to be playing with a six-seven guy at center, uh, which I just – that's going to be hard to deal with, I think, against teams in the Big Ten especially. I think you won't see much of an impact with that in the non-conference. I mean, when they play Louisville, um, Pitt, Georgetown, I mean, you may see an impact there. Um but other than that, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of impact of the, the length issue until you get to the Big Ten Conference. Um, and even there, there's not a tremendous amount of length, so I don't think it's going to hurt them as much as it would have hurt them in prior years. 
uh, but it's still going to hurt them. Um, and I think the other kind of aspect that hasn't really been touched on yet is just the inexperience of the team. I mean, you look at the team from last year, this year, they lost 11 guys, uh, including walk-ons, and they've got nine new faces coming in. So that's a lot of guys that haven't seen Big Ten basketball yet, haven't experienced Big Ten basketball yet, and I think that's going to be uh, interesting to see how that plays out uh, as the season progresses. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the strength is clearly in the backcourt. I mean, with Blackman and Farrell, that is a deadly two-guard lineup, and I think um, there's depth behind them, too. It's just uh, it's amazing to think that you know a team that struggled with uh, outside shooting last year it may be the best team in the conference this year. Um, and I don't even think that's a crazy assertion. But, um, yeah, I think the shooting, the backcourt, clearly are the strengths of this team. Um, and, frankly, they're going to be the ones that are going to haul this team to wins um, throughout the year. But um, weakness, it's got – it has to be the center position. Um, when you're talking about you really have one guy who um, – I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but on a lot of the other teams, I think he might be a backup. Um, not not to diminish his abilities or anything, but um, I, I I don't even know if he's in the top half of the conference in terms of starting big men. And um, he's frankly the, really the only option at center, or at least proven, we should say. But um, I think I think you do bring up a good point, Scott. Though in the uh, the inexperience. Um, I, I, Indiana's up there with pretty much anybody and lost, you know, contributions and players from last year. And uh, it's crazy to think because um, some of the other teams, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, lost a lot of guys. Uh, obviously, they, they all went to the NCAA tournament. Um, so it's interesting to think that Indiana um, struggled a little bit more than those teams last year. Um, and they're arguably going to have to replace just as much. But, um depending on the team, obviously. But, uh, yeah, that's an interesting thing you bring up, the experience. Um, clearly a lot of talent, so it'll be interesting to see if they can actually uh, live up to the to the hype, so to speak. Um, I guess uh, one more category. I don't think we hit it on Illinois. Um, I think I missed it. But uh, uh, do you have any bold predictions for this season with Indiana? Um, Jeremy, we'll start with you. Yeah. Um, Illinois, or excuse me. I heard you say Illinois, now I'm saying Illinois. Oh, sorry, Indiana. <laughs> that was all me. But uh, Indiana has some big non-conference games this season, and I actually see them um, matching up pretty well uh, with most of the major players they face. Um, obviously, they get to take on SMU and Pittsburgh at home, um, but the big one on their non-conference schedule is going to be Louisville in New York on December 9th. Um, Louisville does have a uh, pretty pretty good big, um, but uh, in a excuse me, let's see, Montrezel Hazel, um, but mm-hmm. he's not very tall. He's uh, six seven six eight himself, and I think that's going to be uh, a really good matchup for uh, Indiana. Um, mm-hmm. Louisville, of course, has a ton of talent this upcoming season, but I see Indiana um, taking uh, that game. Um, and I would expect uh, Louisville to be a top ten team at that point in the season. So uh, that'll be a big win for the Hoosiers if they can pull it off. Yeah, that's a uh, it's an interesting pick. I think too another thing is um, you know Patino's uh, press defense. Uh, if you have a good backcourt, you can usually override that. So that's uh, 
that's an interesting uh, pick there. But, uh, Scott, any bowl predictions? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad that this is kind of going to be a bowl prediction, but uh, it's kind of where we are with Indiana basketball these days is I think they'll make it to the Sweet 16. That's my bold prediction. Um, I mean, if, <laughs> there'll be a lot of Indiana fans that just kind of look at that and just shake their head, but that's that's really what it's come to uh, these last uh, couple years anyway. Um, I mean, I think they'll get into the tournament. Uh, I think once they get into the tournament, they have the backcourt necessary to advance at least to the Sweet 16. Um, I mean, I think when you look at kind of the, the tournament historically, big men win championships, but the guards and the backcourt are really what kind of advance you through the tournament. Um, that's what's going to drive a team. If you get hot for a couple games, even if you're playing a better team, you can advance. And I think Indiana's going to have the opportunity to do that and get to at least the Sweet 16, uh, which I suppose is a bold prediction. Yeah, that's an, uh, that's an interesting comment because I, I have always said the same thing, that uh, I think guards get you there but the big men are the ones that can really take you over the top. That's uh, happy <laughs> you brought that up. But, um, yeah, I think uh, – I don't know if I have a a bold prediction outside of uh, – I don't even know if it's bold to pick uh, black men for freshman of the year, but um, Russell from Ohio State is getting a ton of attention. So I'm going to make that my bold pick, even though it's not that bold. But uh, <laughs> um, moving on, I guess, to the, uh, again, um, most fun uh, part of it. Um, predictions. Uh, where do you guys see Indiana? Do you see a postseason? Um, what tournament, if you do? Um, Jeremy, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, I'd be surprised to see Indiana miss uh, the postseason again this year. Um, they definitely have a team uh, that can make the NIT as long as um, everyone's healthy. But I see um, Indiana back in the NCAA tournament. Uh, like Scott said, I think they can do some damage once they reach there. Um, but with as small as this team is, I think they'll have a really tough time with some of the teams in the Big Ten, um, your Iowa's, your Wisconsin's, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Purdue. Um, <laughs> so I would see Indiana um, making the tournament, but probably with either a nine seed or um, some somewhere in the double digits there. Okay, uh, Scott, what's your – well, I guess Sweet 16, but any other comments? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, th- I think I see them going 21-10, and 10, uh, which would be 11-2 and two in the non-conference and 10-8 and eight in the conference. Um, I Unlike Jeremy, I don't see them beating Louisville. I think that's a loss. Uh, then I think one out of those other games, so SMU, Pittsburgh, Butler, and Georgetown, I think they'll lose one of those. Um and then hopefully get the rest. So that, that would get them to 11-2. and two. Um, In conference, they benefit a little bit from the way the, the schedule is done now. And the teams that they play twice this year, they play Rutgers twice. Uh, they play Purdue twice. And I think it's Michigan State, um, Ohio State, and Maryland. Uh, but getting Rutgers twice is obviously a benefit. Um, getting Purdue twice I think will be a benefit, um, only because I'm not sure, even though they're bigger, um, Guys like A.J. Hammonds, I'm not sure they're going to be able to kind of chase around these little, littler guys from Indiana. Um, and he may be in foul trouble and off the court. Uh, at least that's my hope. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think they can get to 10-8 and eight in conference. 21-10, and 10, I mean, depending on what the wins and losses are to individual teams throughout that, I think that probably gets you somewhere like an 8-9 seed, um, somewhere in there. 
And then from there, we just have to see what happens. I mean, I think they have the, the talent to, to get to the Sweet 16, if not further. Um, but we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yeah, I have Indiana um, seventh in the conference, which, um, um, as I'm sure you guys know, is right on the bubble, um, depending on, you know, obviously how the Big Ten works. But I think the non-conference schedule is going to be huge for Indiana this year because I think they're going to finish right in that section where – if they have the the big non-conference wins, um, like, you know, for instance, a Louisville, maybe a Pittsburgh, something like that, I think they definitely can push up. Um, I think an interesting thing to uh, comment on, I think, uh, Jeremy, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you said Indiana gets SMU and Pittsburgh at home? Yeah, yeah. So those are both yep. home games. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought, but... Um, I think that's huge because I remember last year heading into the year, I kind of uh, – I remember writing an article saying that I thought uh, it was a dangerous move with Indiana being so young. Um, they And I'm sure you guys remember this. There wasn't any big non-conference game at home, which I think is always dangerous if you're a young team, a lot of transition. Typically you're, you improve over the season. And I think um, having those games at home, especially, you know um, – Indiana having one of the best home court advantages in the country. I think that's huge. Um, you know, if you can knock off a team or two, we've seen Minnesota make it in with a losing record in the Big Ten. Um, so I think if they can knock off a couple of those teams, I think they're in really good shape to make the tournament. But, um, yeah, I think they're going to be right on the edge there. Um, and it's going to come down to just, like you were saying, who they beat um, when they beat them. But, uh, yeah, any any final thoughts here? on uh, Indiana. Uh, Jeremy, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, Again, uh, like I kind of opened with uh, as far as Indiana, they're going to be a really interesting team to watch um, this season for uh, a couple reasons. One, the unconventional playing style. Um, Two, uh, some of the big games that they have this year, especially in the non-conference. After last year's kind of weaker schedule, this one seems pretty well loaded. And um, three, is have, just has to be um, head coach Tom Crean. Uh, at this point, a pretty embattled coach, and um, if he is, you know, kind of barely into the NCAA tournament or um, on the bubble heading into March, there are going to be a lot of uh, really interesting conversations around the Indiana basketball program. They've got a lot of money to chase big head coaches, and uh, they could move a lot of pieces in uh, college basketball in general if um, those boosters end up unhappy with uh, Coach Tom Crean. Uh, Scott, any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like Jeremy said, I mean, I think that the pressure is clearly there. It's growing. Um, Indiana clearly needs to get off to a good start this season. I mean, and yes, they have. I mean, it's somewhat of a stronger non-conference schedule, um, I think based on the Ken Palm uh, ratings that came out today, they're still playing, I think, five teams that are rated lower than 300, uh, which I don't think any other Big Ten teams playing more than two or three of those. So, yes, there's there's some teams there that are going to be good tests, but there's also a lot of cupcakes on that schedule, um, which <laughs> could be a good mix for a team that uh, is as young as Indiana. So that will be interesting to watch. They've got to get off to a good start and then have to absolutely avoid losing one of those cupcake games because that will just send the fans into a feeding frenzy um, on the program, and then really it could spiral down from there. So they've got to avoid that. Um, and they really need to 
avoid the losses like Penn State at home last year. That that can't happen again this year. Um, it seems like the last couple of years there's been one or two of those games at home where there's just no way that they should lose and they find a way to lose. Um, and those are the type of games that this team's got to kind of get over the hump and, and win. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. And, and like Jeremy said, we get to the end of the season. Um, if Indiana's on the bubble, there's going to be a whole lot of speculation about uh, the program in general, both locally and nationally. Um, so it'll be it'll be fun to watch this season, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, uh, a big year in Bloomington um, for a lot of reasons. You guys mentioned some of the uh, potential coaching questions, and um, but a lot of offensive firepower. I think this is going to be one of the most fun teams to watch uh, in the Big Ten in general. Um, a lot of scoring, um, <laughs> so that's always good. But uh, yeah, I think it. Again, not to repeat myself, but I think um, those non-conference showdowns are going to be big, especially, uh, you know, Big Ten ACC Challenge, um, things like that, towards determining how this team rolls uh, into conference play and potentially the postseason. But, um, yeah, I still I still like this team. I think there are a lot of exciting players. Um, and I, I, I think they're going to slide in. I think they're going to get in. And um, maybe that quiets some of the uh, angst among uh, – some of the Indiana fans, but uh, yeah, all right. Well, that'll that'll wrap up our uh, Indiana podcast here. Um, thanks for everyone for checking us out. Uh, thanks for Jeremy and uh, Scott for joining here, um, chat about Indiana. <laughs> um, thanks to uh, everyone else for listening. Um, I'm Thomas Bendit, the manager over here at uh, Big Ten Powerhouse. Um, we continue on next week with, um, well, I don't know next week, but um, next the next podcast with. Um, I believe Maryland and uh, Purdue, which I'm sure you two are happy to hear about. But uh, <laughs> um, as we move closer to the, the season, it's uh, starting to get exciting here. But uh, thanks, guys, and um, to everyone else, we'll see you, uh, see you next time. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.